0: Good morning, everybody. This is your favorite host, Tino Killed It, from another episode of What the Fuck Am I Doing With My Life? Now, um, I had actually started recording this episode uh, a couple days ago, um, and I'm still late. But when I had recorded this episode, I was in kind of a different mind state at the time. Um, The election had just happened, and I was overwhelmed by the results to say the least. Um, and I went on this probably like 10 minute tangent, (laughs) if you say, um, and I didn't favor how I was speaking. Um, I got outside of myself, which is not something I like to do. And I started, I started speaking very hatefully, um, about our current president president trump and i don't want to be that kind of person because that's not the type of person i am i'm not i'm not a political person um and my beliefs are not necessarily strong it's just what i believe in um and i'm very much always like open for interpretation and always open to hear people out but when it comes to this presidency in particular i think this is kind of the one where i i sit out the listening um And that's not to try to be stubborn or to try to be anything other than just weary of my own emotions. And I think you guys will get a good sense of that in this clip that I actually pulled out from that segment. Um, I had done this segment, like I said, it was like 10 minutes long and I went on this really long rampage about, you know, um, certain things and basically that I'm happy that they will no longer happen. Um, But I did say something after the halfway point of this, you know, raged fucking venting session, um, where I really did start to make some really good points, things that I do feel strongly about and things that I do feel are appropriate to share with you guys. Um, So ignore the fact that I sound like I'm like, completely worked up because by this point in this segment, I very much was, <laughs> but um, I gathered myself back down before the end of it. And I hope you guys enjoy it. So bear with me. We'll get to the episode here momentarily, but I think it's something we all should hear. So when I saw that Biden had won this morning, it just reminded me how much hate that Trump had put into my fucking heart because I started looking at people who I grew up with people who I've known my whole entire life and started looking at them like they're fucking enemies, dude. And it's not, it's not people's fault, dude, because when it comes to racism in this world, and even with Donald Trump himself, people want to call him a racist and things like that. You can't sit there and blame people who have had this ideology stemmed into them since they were children. You can't do that because, If I were to tell you that your parents are wrong, what the fuck are you going to tell me? You're full of shit. And that's the biggest fucking thing because I just need people to know that it's like you got to think outside yourself for a minute. So it's like for, I'll speak to the minorities first. Me as a minority, I've been judged as every minority possible that you could think of. And I've even talked about it before in a past episode of um, a racial discrepancy that I went through with the job that I was working at and how much that that put me through. And again, it was something else that I was like, you know what? Before this guy was in office, never seen this happen before. Well, I shouldn't say I'd never seen it happen. It was just a little bit harder to see right up in your face. I never had it happen to me at work and have to go through all those steps that I had to go through. So it just means that people are feeling a little bit more courageous. And like I said, dude, like if you have hatred in your heart and you do personally feel as though there is a race inferior to you, I'm not going to sit here and down talk you. I'm not going to sit here and call you a piece of shit person because again, I can't blame you for the ideologies that have been established into you from the moment that you were a child. But it doesn't mean that we can't all live and learn. And I think until we all learn that mechanism all the way around, because for minorities, we have the stimulus that all white people hate us. That that's the, that's the stimulus that has been put through minorities all the way through. And I know that there's a lot of minorities, such as myself, who have a lot of white friends and a lot of people that you're like, dude, I know that they're not racist. But they do have some prejudice tendencies. And again, it's just because of the ideology that's been placed in them. There's just a lot of people who don't know what that does to other groups of individuals who are not like them. And then it kind of sucks too because with us being overbearing about it, it creates the discomfort for some white people also. I don't want white people to feel like they can't be themselves around me. I don't want white people to feel like they have to be very cognizant of what they say, like, I don't know, dude. Don't drop a hard R. Like, realistically, I think as long as you don't do that in front of me, I, I like I, I think I can keep my cool and we could talk about pretty much anything else. But um That's it, dude. Like, I don't know. I think that in order for us to really do unite again as a country, I think that this is definitely an ideology that all of us need to look at. White people need to start looking from the perspective of people other than themselves. And that's the same thing for minorities. We need to stop looking at white people like the enemies and start looking at start looking at them, especially the ones who are, you know, uh showing their prejudice tendencies to inform them. And here's the thing: being the loudest person in the room never does that. And I've said that before. So we need to be patient, right? With a new presidency in order. I don't feel that we're going to have the support behind the prejudice the way that we did before. Um, And that's great because when that happens, it allows people to be able to open up their their minds, their ears, and most importantly, their hearts. And for us to just kind of all get in that stance together. (sighs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done talking politics. Like I said, I've had a lot of time over the past couple days to calm down and uh, not get so worked up about things. And um, it's because, again, this has been the most that politics have ever affected my life. And it was something that I felt like it wasn't worth saying. So because of that, I made sure that I said it. And I'm glad I did. And even though, you know, everything I said didn't get put out there just because I felt, you know, some of it could have done without. um, I did say a lot of important stuff and things that I wanted to make sure that I reciprocated to everybody else. Because, I mean, and maybe I just think differently than everybody else. But I would like to think that all of us in some way just want to see other people succeed. You know what I mean? Um, and not even just that, I, I also think that like, why wouldn't we just want the betterment of other people? Like, here's the thing, like you as a person, wouldn't you want somebody to wish good things for you? Cause for you now putting yourself back in that position, how much effort does that actually take? you know what I mean? Like, I had seen like, like recently on Facebook, I've been seeing like, like uh, posts, like more posts than usual from like other people. And um, I've made more of efforts to, you know, comment on those things, especially when I see people trying to celebrate like any sort of like accolades or achievements, you know what I mean? Um, Like, you know, X amount of time sober, or you know, been hitting the gym for the past, like three months regularly, or, you know what I mean, changing up my diet habits, or, you know, just anything, dude, new jobs, promotions, opportunities. And I mean, these are all things that like in human life, I feel like we should just celebrate with one another, you know what I mean? Like, I don't see why it would have to be, I don't know, just, it always seems like it has to either be a debate or something that just really doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? And I don't know. In some ways, I guess I'm just hoping that with this change in office will also come with a whole change of mentality for the country. You know? Because the episode that I wanted to get into today and talk about is referring to something that I did back in my teenage years. I This was probably like, man, 10 years ago now? And um, it was something that really kind of hit me hard probably when I was like 15. So when I was like 15, I had um, lost two of my aunts, two weeks apart, both of which from cancer. And it really fucked me up because, you know what I mean, they were the most loving people that you could ever ask for. And it was... Actually, and then it was even really difficult too, because I had lost my great aunt that year as well, like probably like three months prior. Um, and so just losing that much family in that short amount of time always tends to kind of alter how you think and alter how you act. And um, for me, I kind of started to grow myself pretty like distant from school, which you know, is pretty common for a teenager. Um, but my acting teacher didn't like it. She saw that clearly something was up. I wasn't doing my work. And I was very enthusiastic about drama, like acting in high school. And so when she could see that I wasn't necessarily enthusiastic about it anymore, she knew something was up. And uh, she talked to me. You know what I mean? I explained to her what happened and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And we did – we were in the middle of a spoken word piece. And she was like, well, did you do your homework? And I was just like, well, no. I was just like, well – you're gonna to have to get up there and do something. I'm not gonna let you fail this assignment. And so I was just like, like, what do I do? You know, and she was just like <laughs> and uh she was just like, you go up there and you figure it out. She goes, The thing about spoken word is it comes from the heart. So I think as long as you speak what's on your mind, it'll come out just the way you want it to. And um I did. And it really was. That was the first time I'd ever done a spoken word piece. And um, it was still really, it was really powerful. And I I do remember the monologue, or monologue, sorry. I remember the spoken word. And I remember that when I had started it, I said, this one's called Six Feet. And um, proceeded to do the whole thing about, you know, obviously how like the deaths of my aunts were really affecting me and how it just made me really think that. You know, um, the time that we have on earth is is so precious because you can be the most loving and giving person in the whole entire world and still have your life snatched from you in a matter of moments. You know, and uh, that shit like broke my heart, you know, because like as time went on too, like, here's the thing. I have a very big family, a lot of aunts and a lot of uncles, and I've lost a lot of them. Um, and so when that whole thing was done, uh, Lish pulls me aside. That was my teacher. Uh, she pulls me aside and she starts telling me about something that she wanted to do. Like, she was like, you know, this is the first year I get a chance to do this, but I've been wanting to start this relay for life team, you know, to help, um, raise money for breast cancer awareness. And I was like, yes, I'm all for this. And, um, we, so we did this Relay for Life, um, event, which I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Relay for Life, but yeah, you just raise. we, we basically, um, take, at this time was the Tracy High track and we walk laps around it. And, um, you can have people pledge for how many laps you walk around. You could have people, um, buy services from you at the event, all to raise money for cancer awareness. And, um, it was such an amazing time. I remember that first year just so well and being like, I want to keep doing this. And I did, I did it for like three years, four years in a row. And then eventually, um, unfortunately the drama team couldn't do it like that next year. And so because of that, um, I didn't really have an outlet and I was 18 at the time. I think we had just graduated high school and, um, I still wanted to do something, so I had started a Relay for Life team called Thriftville, based upon you know my music sound and everything. I did that, so it was Entertainment. Entertainment. Um, and unfortunately, we never got to see the event just because <sighs> I, I was so young and trying to plan those kind of things and trying to put together a reliable team of people who were going to be able to be there and give their time and efforts. It wasn't something that one not only did I really know how to do, but did I have the backbone to do right? So that didn't really go through. But what I still managed to do was I released a project called Relay the Message. And Relay the Message, at the time, was so good to me. I, I was very happy with how I wrote and like things that I said in there. And I just... And even like to this day, I, I still think a lot of it is still very relevant. And I kind of hope that if, if you're listening to this and, and if you are truly intrigued by what I'm saying, because I, I know I feel like I'm just kind of rambling on a lot, but if you are intrigued by what I'm saying at all, um, go to com, and on there you will see Relay the Message is still up there for free currently. Um... But when I did have it on there, we ended up raising like eight hundred dollars for uh for cancer survivors and I know that's not a tremendous amount of money, but that was extremely organic that was that that wasn't me you know going every which way everywhere and you know hounding at people's doors or anything like that. that was literally me and one newspaper ad. <laughs> I, um, I had reached out to the Tracy Press and um, had told them, um, oh, you know what? I'm actually confusing this with two different times because this is uh, the second time that I actually made a project for uh, really for Life. Um, but both stories still very similar in the same way, um, especially because the first time it was done was in high school and that was with my boy Phil. And... Um, that was the one that we got the newspaper ad for and people were buying uh, the CDs. We sold the CDs at the drama tents. It was amazing. We, we stayed up 24 hours and we, and we put together a whole entire mixtape so we could sell for this. And then we ended up sleeping through the whole, <laughs> the whole uh, Relay for Life event. But that second one, man, that one, that album that I did by myself, the Relay the Message, I, I was very, very happy with that. Now, mind you, if you guys are parents in any way and you don't want your kids listening to some stuff, like understand there there is explicit content in there because at the end of the day, it's still rap music. But there's still a good message behind all of it. And I'm very proud of what that did. And the only reason why this conversation part of it even came up really was because my boy uh, Mitchell Keith brought that up. You know, and it was because I was kind of underselling it. You know what I mean? I was like, I mean, there was that time I did, re- like, the Relay the Message or whatever. But, I mean, you know, that wasn't much. And he was like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, you got, like, the whole community of Tracy reaching out to you, buying your fucking CD to raise money for Relay for Life. And that's true, dude. I had people hitting me up. I, I had one lady give me $100 for one of my albums. I was just like, I was like, well, ma'am, they they're seven bucks a piece. I, I mean, I can give you, you know, <laughs> all the copies that you, you purchased. Um, and she said, no, because the, oh, what did she say? The worth of what you're doing is more than what you're charging. And, um, or I think she said the service you're providing yeah, the service you're providing is much more than what you're charging. And I didn't actually remember that part until this morning. And that's a very important thing because that's what all of us do as humans. We all provide a service to people. And it's really shitty when somebody gets in the mind state that they feel like they're not good enough or they feel like they can't you know, like, do something right, because, like I said, everybody has a purpose, and like I said, she was like, the service you're providing is less than what you're charging, and the thing is, because for me, I wasn't charging, I was raising money, but she was basically letting me know that it's like, your talent could help do so much more than what you're currently doing, or at least that's the way I took it, maybe I could be taking that wrong, but I thought it was a pretty good way to look at it. I still do. And it's something that I still very much hold on to. And I think that's why like, sometimes when I reflect on this, and, and it's going to Mitch is probably gonna laugh when he hears this, because I feel like we've been talking about this a lot lately. Um, and it's because something that I kind of really been, you know, zoning myself in on. Um, and it's fear of consequence. It's the fear of I don't want to do this because I don't know what's going to come of it. And here's the thing. The only reason why you wouldn't do it is because there is a fear that the consequences of that action will lead to something you don't favor. So it's a fear of consequence. We don't make decisions. We don't take leaps of faith a lot of times because we're scared. It's as simple as that, right? So I think for me, it was... I, didn't, I, remember, I remember thinking at the time, I don't want to charge $5 for this because that seems awfully cheap, but I don't want to, I don't want to do $10 either because 10 might be a little too expensive. We agreed on seven because I figured at the end of the day, I would just keep a stack of ones on me at all times and make change. And, um, that did work, but the lady just basically made me realize that it was like, what you're doing Is way more than what you're going to actually get from it, you know? And um, I think Mitch had reminded me that when he said that. You know what I mean? Like, don't just, like, don't, like, discredit that. Like, what you did for the community was a really amazing thing. And um, that means a lot to me. Because anybody who knows me knows how much I care about my community. How much I want to give back to my Tracy community so bad. Like there is nothing I want more than to one day bring back that bean festival and have it be the most pop and shit that there is. You know. Um and that really is like bucket list goal for me. Like for some fucking reason that really is. Like the the bean festival was one of my very first performances and I and I loved the bean festival. I loved every I loved going to it every fucking year. Um but you know Our city isn't the most lucrative, (laughs) so it makes, you know, situations like this a little bit harder, but I definitely, I definitely see the worth now in what Relay the Message was and what it did for our community, Um, and I I, I never do want to forget that, you know, because... That was such an important thing and such a fulfilling thing for me. I'm I'm so happy I got to do that. Like I could feel my aunts like just smiling down on me from top. You know what I mean? Like it really, it really fulfilled me way more than God, a lot of things, you know? (sighs) I don't know, man. I I think at the end of the day, it's so funny because I feel like this conversation was supposed to be more you know, cater towards something else. And I feel like with the election and everything that popped off, it just kind of just brought me back to humanity for, for a cool second because I do feel like maybe for the past couple of months, I might've just kind of stepped aside of myself for a second um, for the sake of just trying to make sure I'm good. Like I had to take care of myself first, you know what I mean? And if that meant kind of just worrying less about other things for a cool moment, I mean, so be it, you know what I mean? Sometimes we do have to kind of just kind of rebuild ourselves. And and it's something that I, you know, do every single day. I work on that every single day. And, um, like I said, I just, I really just want us to have a respect for one another. Like I said, we don't have to love one another. We don't have to be, you know, fucking kumbaya in a circle. Like we don't have to do all that. But bro, like if I see you on the street, don't yell obscenities to me. I wouldn't do it to you. You know what I mean? Um, And I know that... I just know that if we could all learn to just hear one another, the respect would come without a whole lot of effort. I feel like that's probably the best way to put that. And you know what? That's going to be the note that I learned, that I ended off on. So this vaulted verse that I'm going to bring to you guys is actually from Relay the Message. Um, from the title track itself, Relay the Message as well. And so in the second verse, and it goes a little something like this. I've seen people come and go. Death is all around us and that number grows. Made the sun show, so it springs a rose. Could the life I lead be the dream I chose? I'm in need of hope To give the best that I got Like Anita wrote Behind what I say you Know the meaning's dope Let the words sink in And use the beat to flow Cause I'm known to drown in my sorrows Preaching today So it ain't around tomorrow Making it big And I'm hoping the crowd follows But if I do fall Well I'm hoping the ground's hollow And I know I've been reaching a lot But to the people at home who say he needing to stop This is money in the bank That's the feeling I got Cause I'm climbing the ladder To reach the deal at the top Uh Satino killed it from another episode of What the fuck am I doing with my life